God. Let's give the Lord an ovation of praise because he deserves all thanks. How are you doing today? You're looking good. Come on, tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Yeah. Say, so you look, you t- tell your other neighbor your second choice. Say, it looks like you lost weight over Thanksgiving. Come on, just encourage him in the Lord. It looks like you lost weight over Thanksgiving. Hey, a couple of thanks I want to give out myself. One is uh, thanks to all of those who made Kingdom Builder gifts and Kingdom Builder faith promises last weekend to help move the ministries of the church forward. Thank you so very much. Those envelopes are still in the seats, uh, so you can still participate in that special growth program, faith building program. Also, thank you to those who uh, gave and uh, came and both here and in Palmetto helped deliver meals. Uh, 3,257 meals last weekend, so that's nice, yeah, it's good. We are wrapping up today our series called Be the One. Um, As Jesus healed 10 lepers in Luke 17, there was one that chose to give thanks. And we're saying, that's what I want to be. I want to be the one that's so filled with gratitude that nothing can keep me from the presence of Christ. I want to be so filled with thanksgiving. And and just so you know, thanksgiving is, is not simply an American idea. Oh, surprise. It's... um. In fact, the passage of Scripture we're going to look at was written before um, Congress established Thursday in November as Thanksgiving. In fact, it was written before there was an America. We, we were not even here. Psalm 100 is a psalm of thanksgiving. And um, it was written Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. and it, Thanksgiving is not an American idea or Canadian idea. It's a God idea. Because God knows that when Thanksgiving is present, there's a, a beautiful love and generosity that flows. And I want to talk today not just about Thanksgiving, but I want to talk about thanks living. That Thanksgiving is not regulated to one day in one month. In fact, we're a couple days after Thursday. Are you still thankful? It's not just Thanksgiving on Thursday. Was anybody thankful on Friday? Was anybody thankful on Saturday? Are there any thankful people in the house today that are thankful on Sunday? it's It's a lifestyle. And that's what Psalm 100 talks about. It talks about a lifestyle of Thanksgiving Thanks living is what I want to call it. Psalm 100, let me just read it uh, to you. It's a beautiful, five, short, five-verse passage that says that we should make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands or all you people. We should serve the Lord with gladness. We should come before his presence with joyful singing. We should know that the Lord, we should know the Lord and we should know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We should enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And we should enter into his courts with praise. We should be thankful 
to him, and we should bless his name. For the Lord, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever, or his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Can you risk an amen in the house? It's a great passage. And you notice it's a it's an action passage. Thanksgiving is not just a, a thought, and it's certainly more than eating turkey. Thanksgiving is a shouting and a serving and singing and knowing God and giving thanks. It is a lifestyle. So I'm going to pull out five instructions from this short little psalm that if we will build into our lives, will express greater joy and a lifestyle of thanks living. The first thing I want to point out, it's right from the very first book, that verse, or the first verse of this uh, psalm. And it's that God is calling us to live a life that is filled with shouts of joy. <laughs> When's the last time you had a good shout of joy? And, and some of you look at me, you, you're nervous right now because you're afraid I'm going to make you shout. Now, now some of us um, are more naturally shouters than others. Uh, the, the, us raging extroverts, we, that comes fairly easily to us. But introverts, it's a challenge. But the Bible talks a lot about shouting. Uh, there's over 60 times in the Bible that says you should lift your voice beyond a normal tone and you should express your soul to God. Because a shout is an expression of the soul. There's deep emotion. You want me to prove it to you? Glad you asked. Did anybody um, watch any football this last week? Was there any football going on? Okay, so, so were there any touchdowns? When a touchdown takes place, if you're in the house, you don't have to be in the room that the television is on. You can be two or three rooms away cleaning up the leftovers. But if a touchdown takes place, you know it. Why? Because there is a shout. Have you ever been in a stadium live when a touchdown is scored? What is there? What is there? What's, there's an expression. It's a deep emotional expression that comes from the soul, and it is a, a shout. Now, shouts can be negative. People that shout when they're angry or shout to dominate or shout to manipulate, those are negative shouts. But this is about a positive expression of your soul. We know that the last live game that I went to was a baseball game. The Rays were playing the Blue Jays, and it was a very tight game back and forth. And every once in a while out up on the Jumbotron, it would just say to us sitting there in the seats, make some noise. And the people that were there were very happy to do make some noise. And when they said make some noise, they would make some noise. I thought maybe we, we could have a jumbotron. <laughs> Everyone's all just going, okay, why? Because God is looking for the expression of your soul. He, he wants there to be such a deep 
understanding of who he is. That you're not ashamed to speak his name. You're not ashamed to, to let a hallelujah rip. You're not ashamed to, to everyone's, and I'll tell you what, it's so good for you. First of all, it's very good for your pride. Some of you struggle with this because, what will people think, Martha? So let, let's just depridify. I, I just made that word. I don't even know if it's a word. But let's depridify. Let, let's just lift a great shout of hallelujah. I did that this morning because I was teaching this. I knew I'd have to practice it. I was, I was walking to the building. I came early, uh, which I do on the weekends, and I park down the road so I can leave parking spots here. And It's about a minute or two to walk in. And I was just walking in. I thought, you know, I'm going to be talking about this, so this would be a good time to just do this. So I was just walking on the sidewalk, looking at the place, and just really filled with thanksgiving. And I just, just, I just... Nobody was there. You weren't there. Just I-75 traffic. Couple of birds. But it was good for my soul to express deeply, not negative. I, I am, I, I've only, I, I'm not much of a shouter. When, when Darla and I have had conflicts, when she just doesn't see things the right way. One time, and you can ask, Darla, this is, this is true. One time in our 34 years of marriage, one time I yelled at her. I literally thought to myself, I'm going to try this. I'm a logical kind of guy, and I will wear you down logically, but I, I thought I would try this emotional yelling. <laughs> so so uh, Forgive me, Lord. I yelled at my wife in an argument. One time, it didn't work. Because when I yelled, she just laughed at me. I said, what, what's so funny? She said, you're not a really good yeller. So I have never tried it again. But I have lifted my voice many times to express the deep feeling of my soul towards God. I was reading a missions um, story this last week about a missionary that went to a tribe and it was a medical mission because the tribe had a medical condition that they would be born with good eyesight, but because of environmental issues, uh, virtually everyone, almost all, would slowly deteriorate and many lost their sight completely or had greatly diminished vision. So the medical mission came in and they found out the environmental issues and they came in with a treatment that actually stopped and in some cases actually reversed and people's sight got better. And if you got treatment early enough, it meant you wouldn't go blind. So as the people came in to receive the treatment and they were aware that I'm not going to go blind now because of this medical mission, that they wanted to express gratitude. They didn't have a word in their dialect for thanks or thank you. So what they would say to the missionaries as they were leaving the treatment room, they would say, I will tell of your name. That's how they express thanks. I will tell of your name. I'm going to tell people about you because that's how we express thanks in our culture. And I thought, when we 
are aware of what the name of Jesus has done in our hearts. We are not ashamed of that name. We lift that name, and we're not ashamed to hold back. The same in a circumstance when you have a chance to express Jesus, you sh- you don't yell at the person, but I'm just telling you, you lift your voice and you speak out. We express our soul. So I don't know the last time you lifted your voice. Well, I guess a few minutes ago if you helped us. But here is an expression of a thanks living life. The second thing in the second verse is this, that we learn to serve with gladness. We learn to serve with gladness. We serve, watch this, this is key. We serve the Lord with gladness. Um, how many of you served somewhere in this last week? Think about it. If you, if you did any work, it's, it, serve, it, it will be serving some purpose. So how many of you, uh, even if you're retired, you should never stop serving. If you, if you stop doing anything, it's very dangerous. People die when that happens. They die of no activity. Retirement is dangerous. Be, beware. Just do stuff. Uh, is there anybody here that um, works? Okay. Even if you're retired, you should do a little work. Okay. Does anybody um, work with the public? They are a trip, aren't they? <laughs> it may be difficult. You read that. Serve the Lord with gladness, and I work with the public. Because there are, listen, there are some strange people in the public. And some of them specifically want to push your buttons. And it could cause you to grumble instead of be glad. That would be your choice, that you would serve with grumbling because you work with the public. And maybe it's not. Maybe the, maybe the public is not your problem. Uh, does anybody serve with coworkers? Maybe that's the issue that causes you to grumble instead of be glad. Or, okay, maybe, maybe it's not the public. Maybe it's not coworkers. Does anyone have a boss? That could be the issue, too. So, so you're going to go serve somewhere, somewhere you're going to do some work this week, and some of you are going to be tempted to grumble because of the public. Some of you are going to be tempted to grumble because of the coworkers. Some of you are going to grumble because of your supervisor. But this verse says, um, when you're serving, be very aware of this. When you're serving, I'll say it like this. Don't serve the person in front of you. Serve the person above them. And I don't mean on the organizational chart. I mean serve the person that is unseen but very present. That in that circumstance, whatever you're doing, whatever you're called to do, you are a servant of the Lord. You are an ambassador of Christ. You represent God's kingdom. And whatever circumstance you are in, God is trying to do something. When that person that's in the public is telling you off, pause for a moment and say, Lord, what are you trying to do now? Maybe he brought somebody with kingdom power to encounter this very negative person that's telling you off. You know one of the best things to do when people tell you off? Smile. And nod your head. And at the end of the conversation, you say, you know, you may be right. I'm not saying you are right. You may be right. 
You know one of the best things to do when people um, cut you off in traffic and then they give you signs and wonders? One of the best things, no. Smile and blow them a kiss. It helps. It actually helps me when I do that. And it's really weird. Okay, sometimes people tell you off, and then somehow in traffic they get stuck beside you. Has that ever happened to you? And they're, they're like, so I'm always like looking, right, my face is right up against the window. Going, and if they dare look, I blow them a kiss. I don't even know if that's good or bad. I'm going to leave that with you. You, you pray about that. But hey, I know this is good. That when you deal with people, deal with the one who is present, who is above. Know this, that you, if you can serve the Lord in any circumstance, I promise you, in any circumstance, there can be gladness. Because God is always at work. You need to be aware of his agenda, what he is doing. And you take your eyes off of the person and off of the reaction they're often trying to get out of you anyway. And you lift it to the Lord. And the Lord gives you the strength to bring life-changing power to that circumstance. Serve the Lord with gladness. The next instruction is very simple as well. Sing. Have a life that is full of joyful singing. And, and can I ask if you've seen a theme yet? <laughs> Let me go over them. Shout joyfully. Serve with gladness. Sing joyfully. Have you seen that? Can you connect the dots? Can you connect them? Can you connect them? It's this. That a thanks-living life, a gratitude-based life is incredibly joyful. We talked about this last week from Paul's writing. Now we're in the ancient Psalms. It's just a truth that gratitude increases joy. And actually God would like you to be more joyful. He'd like there to be more song in your house. We, we sing because we are joyful on joyful occasions. Yep, it's happy birthday. Anybody's birthday today? Okay, I was going to sing. We sing because we're happy. We sing on joyful occasions. Watch this as well. We sing also to bring happiness. We sing because we're happy. We sing because we have joy. But we also sing to bring joy. When we don't feel like this, we still need to do this because the principle works. To sing brings joy. I am a huge supporter of singing in the shower. I'm a huge supporter. In fact, I don't know if this, this is like the little later crowd, so I don't know if you like have a little more gentle start to your day, but I, I surveyed in the early morning crowd. I'm, I want to do a survey now. Um, people that, that will admit at least, like me, I'll admit this, but you sing in the shower. Wow, a lot more people in this, a lot more people at 11 o'clock sing in the shower. Wow, who knew? But if you don't, what could I do to get you to try? Like, I don't, what, what, what I, could I pay you? What would be a motivation? I would, I would say this, let me say, if, if you don't sing in the shower, you are not likely to sing the rest of the day. Maybe if you come to church, but I even watch some of you in church and you don't sing. We got the musicians and the words and everything. You're still, 
We, we don't sing in church to wait for the late people. We sing in church because God is into singing. Over 400 times in the Bible, it talks about singing. Over 50 times, direct commands, like not optional. Like this one, sing. Well, I don't know. It's not very clear to me what you want me to do. Sing joyfully. I, I, I wonder if we should study the original languages and see what's really going on here. Sing. Singing will help you. People that sing have less sleep apnea. They sleep better. They have decreased blood pressure, increased immunity. Sing. And start, just, I encourage you, just try, just try, just try, please. Just try this week from your friend, Scott. Just give it a whiz. <laughs> Don't do that in the shower. <laughs> okay, l let me ask this question. Maybe you don't sing in the shower, but you have heard somebody sing in the shower. Because it, no, it only works for the person who is the singer. It brings joy to the whole house. If you hear somebody singing in the shower, I, you smiled. There's something about singing. I promise you this. How many people are going to heaven from this room? If you're not, please you make your reservation today. We'll give you a chance. It's not really hard. You don't have to earn it or deserve it. You call the reservation line. J-E-S-U-S. -S. That's the reservation line. And he's done everything. He's made the arrangements. He's become the way. And he will, he will guarantee today that heaven can be your home. It's just, it's just true. But when we get there, I'm going. When we get there, I promise you, we are going to sing. Because Revelation 15 has a little picture of heaven. And in heaven... They're singing. The Bible teaches us, we actually sang a song this morning that talked about God singing over us because God sings. And I don't know if when we get to heaven, our, our voices are healed if we're bad singers. I'm not sure how that works. I, I talked to someone this morning because we were talking about singing. They said, Pastor, when I sing in church, I have to ask for the people in front of me. I have to apologize to them at the end of the service. Sing anyway. Don't sing do not let the devil reign on your parade. Lift your voice and sing. And I think if you sing in the shower, you'll get better. I'm going to tell you, friends, I sound so good in the shower. How many of you singer, shower singers, where are you again? Don't you sound good? Don't you sound good? Man, it's beautiful in there. I don't know what it is, the water or the tiles or I don't know, but it's good. If I record an album, that's what it's going to be called. Singing in the shower. <laughs> filter, Scott, filter. I tell you what, if you're having 
long periods be, be, between shouts. And, and if you're, you've been in a desert with no singing, it could be, it could be that you need verse 3. Because I, I, this is what I, is a revelation, that you live to know the Lord. If you know the Lord, there's a little more shouting. If you know the Lord, there's a little more singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. When you know him, then you want to tell people his name. I know, because when you really know, not know about him, not just learn more facts about him, not just come to church to learn another fact about God. Oh, God sings. I didn't know that before. There's a fact I can file away in my factoid file. No, when you really get to know him, you'll sing more. When you really get to know him, every once in a while, you'll just let a hallelujah go. When you really get to know him, your service will become full of gladness. Know the, the, know, the, know the Lord that he is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. God really wants you to know him. He has written a book to help all of us. That's why we open this book every time we come together. This book is to help us get to know God. Maybe you don't read it very much. He has sent his son, Jesus, to live amongst us. And the more we know about Jesus, the more we know about God. He has sent us Jesus so that we know him. But maybe you don't read the Bible. and Maybe you don't know a lot about Jesus. This verse just says, look around in creation. You want to start to grow to know the Lord? Just look around in creation. It is he who made us. Creation shows us that there is a God. The very breath that you're breathing right now shows us that there is a God. The trees of the field give off oxygen so you can breathe that in. And know, somebody provided this for me. Know that there is God. And he wants to be the shepherd that leads you from where you are. You can't lead yourself. Did you get that verse? He made us and we don't make ourselves. That's very important. He's the one that's going to lead you into green pastures. He's the one that's going to lead you beside still waters. He's the one that will lead you... And when he leads you, it will be a life that is filled with gratitude. Let me just come to the last two verses and just encourage you to live a life that is full of gratitude. I love the verse that says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. How many of you entered something uh, today? How many of you entered this room? Let's. Those of you that didn't, how, how did you get here? So just, just think about this verse. Think about this. Um, what if every time you entered, you paused and gave thanks? Uh, how many of you later on are going to enter into your home? Or to get home, enter into some kind of vehicle? What if every time you entered, this hit me this morning as I was entering my vehicle and I was thinking about entering and getting ready to talk and, and I, just, I, I just entered into my vehicle and said, thank you, God, that for all of these years, since my first red Toyota, there have been wheels that have transported me around. And I also was filled with thanksgiving 
for accidents that I don't even know that the Lord kept me from. I just, I was, I just, I started just, I started thinking, oh, I'm thankful for air conditioning. Whoever invented that in the car, that was brilliant because Florida is so much better now. And I don't use them, but my wife in Florida uses the heat seat. I don't know what that's about, but she's thankful for that. In Florida, she uses that heat seat. I don't know why. What if, what if when we came into this house, we, we didn't just, hey, how you doing? What if we pause and just say, thank you, God, for this place. Thank you for these people that I get to be with today. And, and thank you that we can come together and we can sing. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. I was thinking about this while we were singing during the worship. Thank you, God, for your grace that is sufficient for every person in this room. Thank you, God, that there's enough grace in this room to take care of every sin, including mine, and they are many. Thank you. What if when you entered into your home, you entered into your home with thanksgiving? Thank you, God, that there's a roof over my head. If you are with people in your home, thank you, God, for the people that live under this roof with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that there's food in the refrigerator, even if it's left over for a few days, and I don't know if it's still good. What if, what if we entered into everything with thanksgiving? And once we get there, here's the instruction. See the instruction? Enter in. Now, he's talking to, about the gates, the temple of the Lord. That's old, old uh, Hebrew. That you had to go to the temple of the Lord to experience the special presence of God. But you know what the truth is now? Since Jesus came, that you have become the temple of the Lord. That you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That every time you give thanks, you're becoming aware of the presence of God. Every time. So when you enter into your home and you give thanks, you're aware. God is the giver and his presence is with you. Thanksgiving, waketes. Thanksgiving is a key to the presence of God, to understanding the presence of God. And once you get into the presence of God, once you experience the presence of God, enter in with thanksgiving, and what's the next thing? Be thankful. So you enter in with thanksgiving, and then while you're there, you be thankful. And you thank God. And you say, but Scott, uh, what kind of things um, should I sing about? What kind of things would I ever dare shout about? What kind of things should I be thankful for? What, what, as I enter in, and, and the last verse of this psalm just gives three points that, that are eternal and always give us reason to give thanks to God, just in case you need some, some primers. Once you get going, there are thousands and probably millions of things we could give thanks for. But the last verse just says, okay, as you, you want to know what to be thankful for as you enter in? Or you want to know, know what to be thankful for to be in a state of thanks, to be a thanks liver? <laughs> thanks, <laughs> not a liver, thanks. I don't even know that's a word. <laughs> but here's what he said, last verse. Just, he said, okay, before I, I send you out, he said, just want, you want to know what to be thankful for? He says, know this, for the Lord is good. There may be a lot of bad things happening, but in the midst of all of it, I promise you that God is working things together for your good, for his purpose. And know this, fundamentally, God 
is good. And if you need to think about something, just go, oh, yes, God, you are good. And I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for your goodness. And then he goes on and says, know that the Lord is good. And know this, you want to give thanks for something else? Know this, that his mercy endures forever. Everlasting mercy. Which means every single time that you have ever needed a second chance, he's given it to you. And if today you need another chance, he's here to give it to you. His mercy endures forever. Every time you've messed up, every single time you've messed up, he's been there to pick you up. And if you reach out to him today for mercy, he will take you, he will embrace you, and say, welcome home. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. You, 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 you cannot exhaust the mercy of God. And his truth endures to all generations. And you and I are in a generation, which means his truth is alive in this generation, revealing God, revealing our life, talking to us, setting us free. His truth is for all generations. So there should be a shout, a joyful shout. There should be service this week that is just with gladness. I pray there would be more singing this week. Even some in the shower. And I pray that we would enter into our places and spaces with thanksgiving. Be aware of the presence of God wherever we go. That we would be thankful. And that the world would be changed because there are not just people, Thursday Thanksgiving people, but Friday, thanks, living people. Saturday, thanks, living people. Saturday, thanks, living people. And then all you people that are here on Sunday. Sunday, thanks, living people. In Jesus' name. With that in mind, we stand together uh, for prayer. We close our eyes, please, everyone. The only ones moving are those that are coming to pray with our friends in a moment at the altar. But as we stand with our eyes closed and our hearts wide open, May the power of the Holy Spirit come upon you right now. My brother, may there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation over your life right now. May you feel the very power of the Creator flowing in and through you. My sister, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And our prayer is that every single person in this room would open their heart to the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. God is so good that he gave to us his only begotten son that whoever, that includes you and me both, whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. So we're going to pray a simple prayer that says, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. We're going to open our hearts to become that temple of the Holy Spirit where the presence of God is with us. We're going to receive Christ. Some for the first time. Some for the first time in a long time. And some just to renew that fellowship of his leading, his guiding, his being a good shepherd. Moving you into thanks living more and more and more. I'm going to lead in prayer and I'm going to ask everyone, 100% of us please, to pray along with this prayer. It's a community prayer. 
It's a family prayer. It's a faith prayer. That you pray these words not just from your head but from your heart. The power of God will come into you and a miracle will take place. New birth will take place. So here's our prayer. Everyone, please lift your voice together and pray after me saying, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I open my heart and my soul to Jesus Christ. Come into the center of my being to be my Savior and to be my Lord. I repent of my sins and I leave them behind. And I receive your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy. Thank you, God, for loving me and never giving up on me. Now help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's a good prayer. So. Our prayer team is here to pray with you and for you for whatever needs are in your life, physical, spiritual, emotional. I would also like to invite those of you that are here that would like to receive Holy Communion. Before Jesus died, he took a piece of bread. He said, this is my body. I want you to know that my body's going to the cross. I want you to remember that. I hung on the cross. My body was there. And my life's blood, he took the cup. My life's blood flowed out. I gave my life so you can have eternal life. And so when we take the bread and we take from the cup of the Lord, we are remembering Jesus died for us on the cross. He didn't stay dead. They took him down. They put him in a tomb. Three days later, he rose from the dead, and he's here with us right now. He's with us right now. And as we take the bread, we are celebrating the fact Christ is with me. He paid for all of my shame, all of my sins. And so you don't have to be a member to receive communion. You don't have to be a member to receive prayer. I will tell you, if you don't pray, not much happens. That's just the truth. But if you pray, God is more willing to do the miracle you need than you even feel you need it. And we're here to pray with you in the name of Jesus to let the gifts of the Holy Spirit be given to you. So I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing. And after that blessing, there is no other benediction. The worship team will, will lead us in singing. And maybe you should sing, especially if you didn't sing earlier. <laughs> Sing before you go, because it's in the Bible. And uh, you'll go with the blessing of God when you go. If you've been a, a guest with us today, let me thank you for coming. And let me invite you to come some more. Please stop by our VIP room if you've never done that. It's over on the left-hand side at the back. We'd like to meet you. Uh, we'd like to answer any questions. We'd like to give you some gifts. Just say thank you for being a part of what God is doing with this wonderful group of people. He's calling us and speaking to us and directing us. So now I pray that the Lord will bless you. I pray that the Lord will keep you. I pray that the Lord will be gracious, ever gracious to you. I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all joy, that you'll live more joyfully, and all peace, there'll be a contentment in your soul that comes from trusting God. Stop leaning on your own understanding and trust God. He'll direct your paths. He'll fill you with joy and peace, and he'll fill you with hope. I bless you in the strong, mighty, and majestic name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, 
you are very, very blessed. And everybody says, amen. Let's just give the Lord an ovation of praise. Good to be together. We love the Lord. And we invite you to come forward for prayer, for communion. God bless you. We love you so much.